Welcome back to the Q&R code. This is Quinn. And this is Riley. Um, hello, Quinn. The very first thing I have to say to you is happy half birthday. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Of you course. too. How does it feel to be halfway towards the year that we're halfway to being to our 30s? Halfway to being to our 30s is a weird <laughs> way to put it. <laughs> um, <laughs> halfway yeah. through our 20s is maybe the more appropriate <laughs> way to We should it. probably introduce the other part of this podcast because we can hear them giggling in the background. We would like to give a nice warm welcome to our mother. Mother, say hello. Hello, everybody. I'm the proud mama of these amazing twins offering tips, advice, living solutions, and things to think about every week. <laughs> All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we have a pretty fun and special episode today because we've brought our mama here to talk about all things fashion and home tips in terms of interior interior design, curating outfits. She has just always had this knack for and an eye for things beautiful, simple, clean looks. Um, and she's always just been quite the fashionista. I remember always through growing up getting comments from different adults and kids alike, but telling me, oh my gosh, your mom's style is so cool. She always looks so classic and um, oh my gosh, her house, she keeps it so beautiful. So we just thought it would be fun to have an episode to have a little interview with her about these things because we love style and fashion and a cool looking home and we figured that you guys would want to hear more about it as well. Yes, thank you for that intro, Quinn, getting us back on track. We're feeling excited to record this episode um, with our first guest. So that's working out some different things that we haven't tried before. And Quinn and my mom are in the same place. I'm away and it's fun to get to see you guys catch up a little pre-holidays and I'm yeah excited to talk more about this with mom. Do you mind if I just get us started straight away? Let's get into it. I thought maybe since we know a lot about like mom's style from over the years, but to give everyone a little taste, my there was a thing I wonder if they still talk about this on TikTok, probably not because the trend cycle is so quick, but people used to recommend like picking three words to describe your personal style. You know what I mean, Quinn? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that on the spot, mom, if you could, if you think about like what your fashion says and what you want your wardrobe to speak to, and what inspires you? Like if you're shopping, what kind of things do you have in mind? What would you say would be your three top words? 
I think my three top words would be timeless, elegant, simple. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think that's what you go for. Um, well, do we want to start by giving people a little bit of background about why mom is interested in fashion? Like, where did this come from? Who has inspired you? Why, why do you care? And why are you passionate about it? I feel like since I was a kid, third grade, I had to take summer school sewing so I could make my own clothes. So grandma Betsy didn't have to make everybody's clothes. And I think from then on just pouring over fashion magazines and pattern books and things like that made me really think about how you put things together and how you can do it in a way where you don't need tons of things. You could have a few things that work together and last over time. And when I think about people that were really inspiring, Catherine Hepburn comes to mind, Audrey Hepburn comes to mind, Sophia Loren, women that were elegant but very classic. And they were able to look like a million bucks but when you broke down the pieces, they were few and simple. Yeah, I like that, mom. And I do think that having things that just really speak to you and last with you over the test of time is so nice because I'm definitely still young enough and also in this culture where I continuously have pieces that I'm more drawn to for a certain moment or a look or an idea and period of time. But then I have the clothes that I've always felt good in that I always grab for and just like to wear. And it feels like uh, it's so nice. It's just I like having those pieces in your closet. And more and more, I just would rather pare down everything else. So everything I have except for a few like special looks or special occasion moments that you're just not going to wear daily are functional and I think a lot of the times people say you know dress for the job you want or the life you want which I can appreciate the sentiment of but I'm like I'm a much stronger proponent of dress for the life you have and if you keep on buying like aspirational clothing for a situation that you're not probably going to find yourself in very often and you have all you know more dressy looks say if you know you tend to wear more casual just think of yourself with your wardrobe it's your closet it's supposed to make your life better you know yes i agree i think that it's silly to have a large section of sometime clothes I think it's really important to, even with holiday clothes, I personally am not going to have a Christmas tree sweater or something like that. I'm going to use something. Now, in... now, now. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
everybody okay, else can do that. That's personal, yeah, opinion right there. <laughs> Every, I'm just saying for me, I need 99% of the clothes in my closet to be something I could wear at any time. So when I think of a holiday situation, I could take velvet and pair it maybe with garnet to make that Christmas vibe come out versus having things that have a very short window in the year to utilize. So why don't you tell our audience about what what kind of clothes you wear? Like what are these staple pieces you're talking about in terms of whatever it is, sweaters, pants, whatever. Tell us a little more detail about that. So I think to feel good just anytime, you can have your favorite pair of jeans and for me, a favorite sweater, like a nice cashmere turtleneck or cashmere sweater or a white blouse and accent that with a good quality belt and some great jewelry and you can really do anything. That can take you from errands to lunch to cocktails and dinner if you throw on a nice little jacket with it and some great shoes. So I always want to feel that if I'm surprised by somebody knocking on the door, I look pretty good. Now, there are times when I'm in my sweats, let's not say that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. But I like my foundational pieces to be classic ones that can mix and match and look to good together no matter what. So some good jeans, some nice trousers, a skirt. I tend to do more skirts than dresses just because I find it more versatile to pair together. And then a few blouses and sweaters. And I like to buy pieces that really will work together from a color standpoint. So for me, that's a very neutral palette. So I tend to go for creams and heathers and blacks and whites and of course good denim because they all work together for me and my accent pieces are the jewelry and i consider also a belt buckle jewelry have a nice belt buckle that you can wear and just finish off a piece but always be building on what you have to keep that versatility more broad Yes, that was very well said, Mom, and I do think that's how you build out your wardrobe, and it looks so nice for you the way you do it. I like that, like you said before, with velvet to be maybe can work for a holiday setting or party, you use a lot of different materials to kind of evoke a feeling when you dress, and I think... It's so nice to get natural textiles too. Like you just automatically feel so much more elevated if you have a nice Egyptian cotton shirt, even if it's just your around the house, like a daily t-shirt that's just nice is so great. Or a silk blouse, even if it's a simple looking like classic collared shirt style thing, but it's silk. And then you go out and you feel like it's such a nice piece and they feel good on your skin good to wear i think you maybe touched on that a little bit but seriously mom does prioritize a good feel skin feel and clothing so you're not going around uncomfy 
you're never going to feel your best in an outfit if it's like that. When we've asked mom about it, I know you, and you can speak more to this, but you like quality over quantity because first of all, you don't like to buy in excess for reasons like environmentally. And you also don't like to just have an accumulation of stuff. You would rather buy one time something that lasts you for hopefully years or at least a season. If it's maybe a white t-shirt, you might need to get one of those a year because they can get stained and everything like that. But is that is that pretty much true that you like to do that because you don't want the stuff and tell tell me more about why you choose to buy fewer and more far between than buying whatever you see that you like that strikes your fancy so i have a pretty strict one in one out policy in my closet if i bring something home then something that i own needs to go because for me i want to look at my closet it's almost like an art piece, I guess, in my mind. I start with lights on the left and go creams to grays, neutrals up to black. And I am not the type of person that does well with 400 choices. I do more with less because if I have, say, 10 different blouses, I feel like I could probably tell you with 90% accuracy what I have in my closet. And it hasn't always been that way. There have been times when, oh, I, I have purchased a sweater at Target, for instance. And it's like, oh, I, I like the sweater, so I'll get it in a couple colors. When what I should have done is just purchased one really good sweater. So then I wind up with so many things I can't even see in the stack. So for me, it's easier to look at my closet and go, okay, I have 10 blouses and I have six pairs of jeans and I have my guilty pleasure. I like sweaters. I probably have 30 sweaters, but those 30 sweaters have become really good quality, mostly cashmere, some cotton. And over time, I've just come to realize that having fewer things is easier to put an outfit together. So I can say, okay, I'm in this kind of jean mood. I'm in this kind of cozy sweater mood. This will look great with this belt and these layered necklaces and earrings. And it's going to look so good with my cowboy boots or my, you know, whatever shoes I am in the mood for that day. Whereas if I had too many things, I'd be thumbing, thumbing, thumbing through, and it's like, I can't even decide. So it just helps me in my mind to be a better dresser, to have fewer, nicer things. So like you said, I go for silk. I go for actual linen, good quality cotton, some velvet for texture, um, a couple leather jackets that you know I got on Depop or one of those type of thrifting type um, resources. And then, like I said, I've invested in a couple nice belt buckles. So I feel like you can really put together an outfit that looks pretty timeless and it's simple. You have a backdrop of simple neutral tones for me. I'm not a big print girl. I love the ladies out there who can do that. 
But for me, I know a neutral canvas and then jazz it up with some turquoise and pearl mixture or amber and silver or whatever I want to layer. And maybe I'm putting on my turquoise belt buckle and, um, you know, some real fun earrings. And I feel like, okay, now my accessories are speaking to the outfit and everything else is a nice solid quality backdrop for those pieces. Yeah. And you also, when we were shopping recently, because it was Black Friday and she's here and we tried to be very selective as we had previously spoken about on the podcast, but there were a couple of essentials I needed. Like, for example, speaking of a white shirt, my white shirt had had damage done and could not come back from it. Like it just in a sinful, sinful state. (laughs) Yeah, it was bad. So I had to make some new purchases like that. But you were telling me because, you know, I'm a little financially stressed right now. Um, So I was kind of feeling this pressure like, okay, well, I need to buy the cheapest thing. And you were there to remind me, well, if you buy the cheapest thing, then you're going to buy it again and you're going to buy it again. And you might as well have just spent the money the first time on something that's actually going to look nice and that you'll feel proud about presenting yourself in because, you know, this does, we, I think we're all aware here having these conversations too, how privilege affects this and having financial resources affects this. And I will have you speak on that in a moment because we don't want anyone to feel from this conversation like, oh, right now you need to buy this many cashmere sweaters and this these pieces of statement jewelry, but it's about when you are making those purchases, doing the better quality thing the first time. Um, and mom, tell us a little bit about making those purchases because you've said like you didn't have this closet overnight. No, for sure. So like I said, I was little sewing girl for a long, long time and created many things that way. I have never knit a cashmere sweater. Let's be clear on that. (laughs) Although I'd like to be able to, but I started out a cashmere collection by going to Goodwill and thrift stores. And I still have some of my original cashmere collection from those days because so many people get rid of really nice things that just didn't work out for them. So I would suggest looking for quality over quantity, whether you're at the thrift store or at a boutique. And I think that there is certainly no shame in collecting pieces at thrift stores, but don't go crazy because they're cheap. Get a selective few things that are really going to be staples because I think we all have made the mistake or it's on sale. I'll get several. And then you wind up with way too many things again. So I started off with my thrift store cashmere. There was a great store in Laguna where my high school height of my thrifting days, Tippy Canoe, And I purchased like half a dozen cashmere over the high school years. And it was great. Like I said, I still have those. Now I wait for things to go on sale. Banana Republic, 
friends and family, at least 40% off or the end of the year, 60% off, 70% off because you know everything will cycle through with seasons. So don't buy it when it's full price. And also, once again, just because it goes on sale, you don't need to get 10 pieces every season. You could get one or two or three quality pieces and build over time and not come home with 400 shopping bags, but come home with one really special shopping bag. One special bagu shopping bag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, what's nice about doing something like that is it makes you like take time and slow down on a purchase when you can have such immediacy shopping online if you do that then sometimes after a little perspective or something comes up where it is a big sale weekend like black friday or whatever you know lots of places have periodic sales that then you can kind of get the feeling of like now that i'm actually having several things that i might be interested in i realize that's probably not one of them. And if this comes around again next year, and I'm still thinking on that, then maybe we can go forward with it. But I think, yeah, just slowing down and it also in the thrift shop, that is something that is easy to do when something seems like it's marked very low. Like if it's $6 or something and you feel like, okay, great. Well, then I wouldn't in another circumstance, but now I might as well just do it. Sometimes that's okay, but sometimes I have then felt like, okay, now that this is home with me, this is like not something that's truly that soft or nice or cohesive with what I want to wear, whatever it is. And then I feel like I'm going to go back and just donate it to those thrift shops. Probably shouldn't have started out with it. And we are girlies who care about the environment. So like Riley said, you know, you guys, let's let's be honest here for a second. I don't know if you remember us saying a mishap happened with the recording. So we're double backing doing this again. Um, if we are, I, I just can't remember sometimes, like, did I say this in a previous podcast or was this the first recording? I'm not sure. But Riley had mentioned before, Remember, it's reduce, reuse, recycle. So the first thing that we want to do is reduce our consumption, which you're welcome to your checkbook and you're welcome to the earth. So making those decisions like, okay, especially when the first thing you do, I, I think that all three of us girls here could agree that if you're looking for a little bit of a wardrobe revamp or you're really trying to like, define your style or kind of level up a little bit. First things first, you have to tear down what you already have and get rid of. We have to do a nice yes. big purge. And then you're looking at your stuff and think, think to yourself, do you want to do that work all the time? Do you want to constantly be having to go through and go through because you don't wear so much of what you have? No. So make it easier on yourself by being a really critical thinker when you shop. And that is making me even right now get so for real with myself about some pieces that I'm like, this piece has outlasted every purge for some reason. 
and I have yet to use it. And you just need to me, I have to continue going through not just my clothing, but all of my things in that way, because I just don't like having things around me that I don't use or particularly like, but you can rationalize when you're going through and you're like, okay, well actually in this context, maybe I will wear it. And then you just don't and you don't. And I'm like, okay. Sometimes even if it was expensive or even if we wanted it to work for us, we wanted to love it. We have to accept that it just might not have been the vibe and you We'll probably just have to let that go. Sometimes you can, though, sell things consignment and get a little bit of a return, but you can't count on that. <laughs> I totally agree. And I'm someone it, who's brutal about going through things. And I look at my closet, I am not joking, almost every day and look at everything and go, what can I get rid of? And I always keep... a. Uh, bag to the side of something for goodwill, especially if I would come home with something, I need to know what has moved down on the list of priorities and I can make peace with letting somebody else have now. I think that it's really important, like I said, for me, for peace of mind, just being able to figure out an outfit, but also I think just the look, I like my closet to look nice, like a bit of an art piece, if you will. It's abstract, but you know, I keep my necklaces hanging up and my earrings are in a frame and my clothes are nice and neat on the same type of hanger. It pleases me to look at it and I don't want anything in there that is not useful to me anymore. And Quinn and I talked about recently, if I had the money back for all the bad purchases I've made, we could go on a trip. So we've all made mistakes over time for sure, but I think learning from those mistakes and realizing, okay, I thought that I could get, you know, three bags worth at Target, but I could have just saved that same amount of money and gone to a boutique or a store that has more my classic vibe and gotten one thing and I would still have that today versus all those other things I got rid of. Yeah. Most definitely. You know and we... Go ahead, Ray. I was just saying, you know what we need to curse and banish is like subscription services for clothing items. Because I feel like yeah. that is the type of thing where I don't no need a recurring outfit. Yeah, definitely. So, Mom let's take a few steps back if someone felt a little bit lost with their style or you know i even spoke to you recently like some of these things i'm proud of myself because i have so much of my stuff from high school but like i'm just not i i feel like i'm leveling up in my life and i want to feel like i'm leveling up in my wardrobe and my outfits and just how I'm presenting myself every day and feeling that confidence and professionalism as well. So what if someone has no idea where to start? First of all, like, let's talk about drawing inspo. And then second of all, now say they have those pieces that you spoke about. 
the jeans, the sweaters, whatever those pieces are that they found is kind of their go-to categories. How are you pairing them together to make a complete and elevated look? So obviously the event or the lifestyle is going to dictate whether you choose the black velvet with some flared jeans and heels, or you're going to wear a cotton or a cashmere sweater with boots. So kind of thinking of the event, but like I said, I like to create the basic canvas and based on what I'm doing that day, how am I going to accessorize that? So if it's a comfy day at home, I am going to have some jeans, pick a belt, pick a sweater, and then what vibe am I feeling? Am I feeling dangly earring girl, hoop earring girl? And I'm always a layer of necklaces. More is better to me <laughs> often with that. Those are just such fun accessories to layer up. And then if I'm going to go out, what then totally elevates the outfit? The things that people are going to see most, your jacket and your footwear. So I think knowing what the event is, how you want to be seen and how you want to feel mostly. So I am a person that typically does not want to be seen at the grocery store in my sweats. I love to be seen on my couch in my sweats, not at the grocery store. So creating the look that makes you feel proud. So for me, if, I don't know, Meryl Streep comes to the door, I want her to go, what? you look put together today. Yeah. I, I like that Mom feeling. is like, not the Queen of England, not the president, Meryl Streep. What if Please. she was the one that caught you? Please come to <laughs> because also, knock on the door. And you know that Meryl Streep, she's a street style queen. Like, she will have a super casual, relaxed look. Kind of the Nora Ephron coded look where it's not like you're saying that you are looking as like sexy and dressed up but just having the things that make you feel like they're your clothes it's your style this is what i like to wear and what i'm living in just is so nice and you come across more confident and you feel better like i know when an outfit is not making me feel my best and i'm sure that shows you know exactly i feel like um I inspired Steve Jobs because my favorite, favorite thing, if I had to put the outfit on, to <laughs> you did, outfit, Mom. <laughs> it's going to be some good jeans, a black turtleneck, a great belt, and some necklaces and earrings. And a fashionista <laughs> pair of glasses. Exactly. Yeah, I, I wish that Steve Jobs that. wore his some dangly earrings, but I love how many people think that they probably inspired Steve Jobs for something. <laughs> we could now be saying that about The Rock. But anyway, okay, so you answered my number two, which for you, a big thing is layering, like creating dimension. You love putting different textures together. That's kind of how you're elevating your look. You, you love the layer. I know you also like different dimensions in terms of maybe you do have some really big cool wide leg pants on the bottom and then you do have maybe a more your tight fitting turtleneck sweater that day so number two i'm feeling good about but let's go back to number one 
where where are you drawing your inspiration like some people that's not maybe innately in them or maybe it is but they haven't unlocked it so are you going on pinterest are you scrolling on instagram where are you finding inspo if you didn't know where to start sure well back in the day before instagram and that big world wide web we looked at fashion magazines now i have to say Never, ever have I ever in a fashion magazine seen something that I would actually wear, but it was fun to look at. So now it is so fun to have Pinterest because one of my favorite things is looking at minimalist clothing. So I look at gals all over Europe and wherever they are posting beautiful pictures of themselves in a lovely yummy, delicious, some kind of sweater, some trousers or jeans, a nice big overcoat and some kind of fabulous bag or tennis shoes and jeans and a sweater. And they always look to me like, you guys look the height of fashion. Sorry, Christian Dior, but step aside. These girls are rocking it. They can walk down the street to any job and look super good. So I um, post on um, Pinterest and love to see what people are doing that way. I'd say that's a big inspiration. And when you're traveling, look in a high-end boutique. Oh, what are the ladies in whatever the South of France buying for fall? Look, I'm not going in there to buy necessarily, but it's fun to just look and be inspired by what you see in there. Yeah. When mom came back from Italy, she was like, I was itching in the shoe stores in there, and then I was not doing a lot of buying, but it's fun to feel it and touch it and look. It, it is true. And once again, like shoes to me, I love shoes, love shoes, love a sweater, love those things. But once again, trying to keep it more minimalist. So for whatever reason, my cutoff number is 30 on shoes, and that includes flip-flops and boots. No, that is, that's cold, yes, Mom. Does that include, hard. like, functional outdoor shoes? It does too? not include ski boots, but for regular shoes... But, like, your muddy, muddy running shoes and... Yeah, I hate to include those. Um, and sometimes I will cheat if I get a new pair of shoes and go, oh, well, those don't count because those are my gardening shoes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. How can we count those? But I am trying to keep it to a reasonable level. I like how we're saying 30. You guys are crazy. I can't believe I do not have that many shoes anymore. Oh, uh-huh. I am here. Maybe I will get those shoes Quinn. and report back. Okay. Quinn, <laughs> first of all, maybe when you say any more, I don't know what your status is. That could be true. But you both are raw scoundrels if you can't admit that I have way pared down shoes than you guys. And I currently am actually at a loss where I sometimes feel it's a problem that I'm like, I just need to have a couple different options That's, in there. I feel like I don't have, I just bought a pair of shoes that I can wear for the winter. I feel like I, I genuinely feel like I don't have shoes to wear. That is how I feel. Well, we also, will go through I have shoes. a real issue to ha for having shoes for when it precipitates out. And here it like rains a lot and I look and I'm like, I don't have 
a pair of shoes that that's okay for, including a pair of rain boots. Yeah, you're going to need to get a pair of wellies for sure. So how do you guys feel about now transitioning over to talking about some home style interior design? I think it's great. I do just want to add one more quick thing for people when it seems overwhelming to start and to save, use resources like Etsy and things like that to find a fun belt buckle, to find a classic chain, go to pawn shops. They are great resources to find those type of things that have gone from hundreds and hundreds of dollars to something that's really affordable. So use your resources out there. And it's also abiding by the reuse tenant. And like you've said, like, it takes time to build your dream wardrobe. So I do think all of us girls out here in our early 20s, like we need to really keep in mind that this doesn't happen overnight. And it can be kind of disheartening when we're so involved on the internet to see there are so many influencers that it feels like okay well they definitely have their dream closet already but we need to remember that like not everyone has the resources they do and also i personally think it's rewarding to build that and really learn and define your style over time and collect in a way where For me, so often I've been in a place where I can't spend, like I just can't spend on a new thing. And then when I'll reach a milestone, like, okay, it's my birthday. It's halfway through the year. I know I've already decided with Sean, we're good. I'm going to spend on these three pieces I've been eyeing. And then it does feel like a huge reward. And I also love to be like, this is my sweater I got for doing this. You know what I mean? Like I've been tattooing this long and I feel so lucky and it's kind of a marker for that stuff too, which is fun. Yeah, definitely. And also you just then get to like draw it out and do something over time, which is always rewarding. I feel like because it's, something that like you said it has more of a weight and more of a marker for you but also it's like you get to keep on feeling like you're giving yourself little gifts and i feel like it's so nice to have in a gift kind of exchange culture with people it feels great to like pay it forward and have that come back around with the earth it feels good to have that and to feel like instead of just taking as much as you can you just take you're just given what you need if that is resonating with you guys like knowing actually i didn't buy anything for months in a row and i have everything that i need and if that want comes around again like there'll be the opportunity where it's right for me to take that and be gifted that and right now if you can make it work with what you have, that's like the perfect place to be in. Um, and I've, I've just been inspired with that recently because I only did buy the skincare that I was saying for the sales that I needed to restock on and didn't end up getting a clothing item, which for someone like me is not necessarily typical with a Black Friday sale weekend going on. 
and I just feel good about it. I didn't need anything to be on the way. I'm saving and that time was going to come around where it is the right timing for it, you know? <laughs> Proud of you, Rai. I'm glad you stuck to that. I think we did a good job too. All right, so let's transition into the home, which I love talking about, but I know based on what I've seen on social media and then also a lot of my friends and stuff, like it can be very intimidating for people to style a home or to buy furniture or to even know where to start. A lot of people, you know, say you're a child and you grow up, you're not thinking maybe about styling the home. It kind of just was there and you were born into it. Um, and then, you know, we moved to college and maybe you just have a tiny little dorm where you can't even, there's really no furniture to be had in there. So let's just start by talking about if you are kind of at square one and we're in an empty apartment, what things, you know, and it can be like, take this how you want. It can be obvious, like, well, you need a couch, you need these chairs, but let's talk about how that could look building. Or if you want to assume people had those basics of a couch, go for it, however you want to take it. But where do we go from feeling like, okay, I have pretty much an empty space. I don't know how to make it look cute. And I'm intimidated about these big purchases. So... I always look at a room and think about what is its function? How do I want to use this room in an ideal situation? And then I look at the light. What are my light sources? Because to me, that is a super important part of a room and how I use that space. And for instance, with a living room, what do I want out of a living room? I want a place where I can converse with friends, cuddle with family, have a reading zone and a place for quiet time and a place that people can come together and we can play board games. So I don't have a huge living room, but I have a pretty huge family. So trying to figure out how do you accommodate those things on my wish list without feeling like my space is just overcrowded with the things I need or want. So I'd start with, if I am a cuddler, if I'm a stretcher outer, I probably want a couch versus just a couple of armchairs. If you're a person that has a smaller space, you might say, okay, instead of a big couch, I'm going to start with two really comfortable armchairs that are spaced in a way where I can talk to somebody with a great table next to them and plant, That's those are going to be my foundational pieces. From there, what else do I need? Am I a person who wants a lot of books at the fingertips? So do I go for a great bookshelf? Am I going to do built-ins? What is the purpose of my extras and decorating. I personally think books are great additions to your decor, depending on how you style them. So for me, like I said, I want a place where I can read, a place where I can cuddle, a place where I can converse. So I want books handy. I want good light. 
I personally am still in search for the perfect great reading lamp to go in our living room. So even all these years later, I don't feel like I'm done done. Um, but have acquired pieces over time to fit the needs of what I want. We inherited a horrendous Victorian couch that these girls grew up with, yellow damask silk from my husband's grandmother who think Queen Elizabeth looks just like her. That was the type of furniture we started with. It took time to build up to buy a nice big couch that our whole family can be on. And let me tell you, that thing was horrendous because it cracked the back of your head on the wood. <laughs> on the wooden carved grapes on the back when kids would jump on the couch with their little bottoms, crack their head on those grapes. No, it was terrible. So everything takes time. My husband's a builder, so he built in bookcases, which that was, I knew I had to have that when I was doing our living room. I knew I had to have cupboards where I could hide away the games that we love to play and CDs and all that because I want access to that, but I don't want too many things out because I am a dusting kind of fool. I don't need to spend three hours dusting my living room. And then the kind of, I guess, necessary evil, the TV. That is the biggest bane of my existence. We ended up mounting ours to the wall just because it took up less space than the former armoire we had it in. Ours is one of those ones that can display art on it too, which supposedly that makes me feel better. Still doesn't. But I try and ignore that and style yeah. around it on the cabinet with some cool, I like antique wooden boxes. So I put some of those there. Plants are great. Plants enliven every space. And if you can layer plants by height and texture and color, that type of thing creates your living space that for me, having a feeling of serenity, whether I'm curled up to read or chat with somebody or just literally standing there drinking my tea and looking at it. I want to look at my spaces and they make me feel good and they make me feel calm. So figuring out the function of your space is super important. Figuring out if you are a simple type of decorator or you like lots of things and neither one is the right answer. Just figuring out what works for you. For me, going through magazines and whether you are a beach person, go through Orange County Coastal Magazine. If you're a mountain person, Rocky Mountain Home, whatever that is for your vibe, get inspiration from those type of places. And I literally did the paper doll type of thing where I, to scale, drew out on paper what are the dimensions of my living room. And when I would find a piece of paper, cut out another one to that dimension and play with it. And we did this the whole time my husband was designing our house. It's like, will this fit? Will that fit? Because scale matters. Scale matters. Not everybody has the luxury of a bunch of extra space. And if you live in a little apartment or a studio, obviously you can't have a giant table for 10 in that space. So you need to think of scale and think of function and affordability. And don't overlook going to the Habitat Restore or to consignment places. We just found so many great pieces for Quinn and Riley in the past year at consignment places. So 
those are good places to start. And then also knowing an affordable hack are buying some quality throw pillows for your furniture. And they can be changed with the season and it feels like a facelift redecorate. Moving your plants around feels like a facelift redecorate. Getting a new pot for a plant. You know, getting going out to forage for some pampas grass or something to place somewhere gives it some new visual appeal and change. Yeah, and we do so much of that. Like, you know, you always did this because you love nature. And <clears throat> when we want a space that feels elevated, but you don't have all the money in the world, you make do with what you have. So what my Christmas decorations are this year, other than the couple of wreaths that we spoke about, um, it's all sticks we found outside, literally. Like we made, we use my summer pots that I already have outside and we collected a bunch of broken branches that were on the ground scattered around our property, which believe me i know not everybody has land i did not until recently and still my name's not on it but we like go out have a fun little hike with your girls and bring home some greenery from pine trees and stuff like that and you can do it differently for every season so that's what right now in my vase on my kitchen counter we have dead seed pods that we found we call them dried arrangements okay dried they're not they're dried not dead they're happy they're not dead they're, they're just sleeping <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but we put a bunch of those in my pot because you know to be vulnerable about this we are in a place where we can't be spending on fresh flowers every week we just can't do that but we still want it to look fun and cool. So sometimes you just have to grab life by the horns and do something fun like that, you know? And drag the rusty stock tank out of the abandoned pasture all the way to the front and put tumbleweeds and sticks and stuff in there. And then the elk come by and graze them down at night. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that my Roger might come and graze down some dry sticks in a jar overnight as well. He loves to just grab the sticks, break them up, go for another one. So, Oh um, yeah, my but, cats are having a heyday with this, but still worth it. And then it's cheap, so it's like, whatever, I'll go collect them again if we need to. Um, did you guys set up a tree? No, our tree is our Stop saying Stop. Our, tum our tumbleweeds and our, like my mom likes to say, dried arrangements. But we did find this really cool lighter branch that we're going to hang above my living room window and hang our little ornaments from. We have to oh, have that's it very nice. an animal proof. So hanging it from the ceiling and the ornaments hanging down from that will be really pretty. Yeah, um, the kitties would like to pot a little tree and some ornaments, but I also like that anyway. There is lots of, let's, let me t talk about this a little bit and then it's followed by a question. I was going to say that you do lots of holiday decorating mom at our house and we'll hang like a garland that then has 
ornaments hanging off of it in like a space in the house not necessarily all on the tree and have kind of some decorations going on in different places but you've kind of said before about how you don't love to buy things that are very like time of the year specific. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you like to decorate and still have kind of traditions and a festive feeling either for the holidays or for whatever, for time of year, for making your homes feel like it's matching whatever you have going on in your life without feeling like you have to do full on decorations for people to get the idea if you want yeah, to I share think some thoughts for me so much of it is what can we forage like quinn just touched on what can we gather around us and sometimes our foraging is going to the market and buying some cute pumpkins but for me when i do that I am not getting one pumpkin, set it on the counter and call it good, right? I have a grouping and trying to get ones of different size and shape. And that can last me from early fall through Thanksgiving when that changes then to my pine cones and greenery and sticks. And I have even done things like when a branch falls out of our tree, like, oh, well, we'll zhuzh this up with a little silver spray paint and put that in one of my garden pots and bring it inside and that's our tree or hanging branches from the ceiling. I have a collection that my mom started for me when I was young of redheaded angels. So those come out and they can hang from trees. I have a collection of Margaret Furlong that are all porcelain ones that my mom's given me over time. So they are so happy to dangle from branches above the counter that has a wooden bowl with pine cones and greenery in it. And then that branch later for Valentine's will have old tin hearts I've collected and things like that over time. And then it can transition into, oh, let's do some fun little Easter eggs in these wooden bowls. So trying to keep it a festive holiday vibe, not spending a lot of money, having certain things that you love to bring out year after year. We started when my husband and I got married, collecting handmade or hand-blown glass balls, the ornaments. And over time, we have a friend who's a glass blower and she's invited us to come and blow glass at her studio. So now all the kids as their Christmas ornament present blow an ornament and those all hang from reclaimed copper pipes in our window all season long from ribbons and they just look super beautiful so you don't need a lot but just creatively change the places that they're hanging or the order in which they hang and who knows what you're going to find this year when you're out foraging quinn and i just found some very cool pods and some very long spiky things that look like saguaro cactus that are some kind of weed but they look really cool as my husband would say the knockout arrangement so keeping the festive holiday spirit on a budget i like to keep it natural and add in special things that i've collected over a lifetime of travels and gifts nice mom that's and it's fun because honestly it feels 
a little less intimidating, like being the child when we were helping with decorations that it's not like, oh my gosh, there's bins and bins and bins and so much to do. It's kind of nice to be like, oh, yay, we get to keep it simple. It's fun and festive and we can each put out an Easter egg or whatever. But I also, you know, it's not to say you can't go to Target and go look and be like, okay, that's fun. We're getting in the mood. It's fun. But you can get in the mood and go shopping without buying too. If it's okay, I'm going to pivot right into our next question, which is kind of back to the home space. So obviously not everyone has an eye like you do with interior design, like you are a natural born. So you might be grasping at straws to even know what to suggest here. But some people, I mean, I don't know if that would have been intuitively in me if it weren't for all the experience I've had with you, because sometimes what's wrong with someone's space is just like their orientation is funky or their spacing is funky. And it's not even that they don't have the good feng stuff. Shui. Exactly. It's missing the feng shui. So do you have any also, sorry, you guys, I'm sick. I know I'm kind of clearing my throat and sound like a little froggy. Um, thanks for being so sweet and understanding. But do you have any tips or maybe suggestions of how to learn that? Or if you had, you know, a blank room and a blank space and all there is is windows, how do you decide? Are you putting your bed in the middle of the room? Where is your desk going? Like, how do you make what for some people that feels like a really big decision? I think they are really big decisions because they affect how you feel when you live and move within a space. So for me, I knew for certain when we built our house that I wanted dad to create a wide enough space where our bed would face out to the mountains. So that was really important. Now, Riley is in a situation where she has a room that her bed could literally go one way. So that was easy. Yes, my bed <laughs> takes up the floor plan of the bedroom. <laughs> exactly. And I think so many times in an apartment or a smaller house, the builder has made that decision for you. If you have the luxury of a bigger space, then what is the view I want to see? If I can sit up in bed and look out, I'm going to put my bed facing this way. I love things at an angle. Unfortunately, my room doesn't accommodate my bed at an angle, but I would love that to have my bed at an angle and nightstands and looking out at a window. I think that in nature, very little is found to be linear, truly linear, things are kind of haphazard. So when I think of the way I arrange things on a shelf, you're not going to see things dot, 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 lined up like little soldiers. No, you've got to face this way and you've got to face that way. And your size and texture look better picking up the colors of this piece, but you have to be at this angle. And literally, I think that well, besides affordability, the reason I could never have a housekeeper is because they put everything back in a way that really goes against whatever's in my 
little feng shui type A mind, I really have to turn things the tiny, it could be a quarter inch and that makes all the difference to me. And I think it's just a feel. So play with your things and and put them in different arrangements, height and texture and color and size and and shape, and then live with it for a minute, walk by it a few times, and then move it and see what works better. And for me, when it hits, it hits. You just know, but you have to look at it and be aware and don't just plop things up there like a showcase home without thought for what it does for you. So instead of it being generic, how is it personal to you? I love cookbooks. I want my cookbooks up front and personal. So I have a space where I can see them all the time. For somebody else, it might be their collection of their grandma's china. Whatever it is that speaks to you, arrange it in a way that's thoughtful. And how does it look more artistic and not just placed with no thought? And in a room when you're putting together chairs, place them so that you can talk to somebody, so that you can reach and share your bowl of chips with them or whatever you're having. Create spaces. There will be no sharing of the bowl of chips. (laughs) So you have your own nightstand on the other side away from that friend. But really think about, once again, it goes back to the function. What's the function of the space? How are you going to use it? How does it make you truly feel good? And for some people, and bless their little hearts, they can walk by a room that is just arranged in in what my mind seems very haphazard, and it doesn't bother It wouldn't bother my husband. He likes nice things. He likes to have things look good, but those little things wouldn't bother him like they do me. And I think that's probably true for each of us. There are certain things we can live with and certain things have to be turned the right angle. So thinking about your function, what makes you happy? What does the light play well off? What showcases your interests? That type of thing. And once again, get in inspiration, look on Pinterest, look through magazines, go through. Riley told me some magical little um, site. What was that called, Riley, where we looked at Emma Chamberlain's home? It's Architectural Digest. People have probably seen the like open door with AD, but they do lots of series on YouTubes where you get to see homes that have professional interior designers behind them. So, Yeah, so you look at those for exactly that inspiration. Most of us aren't going to buy a $3,000 footstool, let's be real. But you can then go to a thrift store and find something funky that you could paint or throw a piece of cowhide over and create a funky, unique piece that works for you. And when you're on a budget to try working with what you already have, like my couch that I did have to sacrifice and buy from Ikea knowing it's not the best quality, but it's what I could afford. And I got it a few years ago when I first moved here. Um, And I was so frustrated moving into this home because I do not think it looks good. I think the color is hideous. They gave us the wrong color. My cats have kind of messed it up. So I, to my mom, was like, what can we do? Sean and I can't buy a couch. And I hate this. Like, it makes me so unhappy. So we literally bought paint tarps 
that are not expensive, just linen-y colored paint tarps and draped it with paint tarps. And now I've actually had multiple people compliment it and say, oh my gosh, your couch, did you get a new couch? That looks cool. And I'm like, uh, no, but I'm glad that it's reading that way. So it's worth trying new things with stuff you already have. I mean, that's, first of all, the reduce factor and the cheapest thing you can do. I also think we need to remember being a little streamlined and having kind of a color story or something like that. Unless if your vibe is maybe like, I'm all into the rainbow unicorn of it all and I will take anything, then that's its own vibe. But if you just have a couple random out of nowhere colorful pieces that just clash, like keep in mind the bigger picture when it comes to a whole room and space. Yeah, and making room that will make room for those like other funky items that you might find when you're thrifting or at an estate sale that can kind of add the different element to the room that's not going to make you feel like pieces are in conflict and i feel like you can learn a lot by looking at architectural digest and other resources where you can kind of see what you resonate with and what you don't like mom mentioned emma chamberlain's home and that is a space that has so many elements where i'm like that's hitting kind of the marks on what I like in a space. She has like a craftsman style home and I like that. And then sometimes I see one where it's still beautifully designed and of course like an amazing home for that person. But just the emotional response for me, I'm like, that isn't really striking a chord with how I would aspirationally have my space feel. And that helps you kind of get a better grasp on your style. Because it can be confusing, I think, when you're not really sure what direction to go and you don't know how to like shop for a certain vibe is to start narrowing down like what do I kind of like and what don't I really, even if it's a beautiful thing, sometimes that happens in our closet as well, where you realize, oh, I do like that dress. I I love that on that person. I just shouldn't have gotten it because it's not for me. Um, and I also was just going to comment that I have also quit gotten rid of many a household problem by just covering it up. Sometimes you have to do that. Like when Brayden and I were in college and our table that we sat down for dinner at was a card table with a tablecloth over it. So the tablecloth hung down and we're like, no one would ever know. <laughs> they it, did they wouldn't know it. until they placed an elbow on it and the whole thing shifted. <laughs> Yeah, but it wouldn't exactly. take long for you I to mean, learn. <laughs> sometimes when you don't have the money, you do have to put a Band-Aid on it. And that just is what it is. And we are all working hard to make that money we deserve, but it takes time. I did think of something we spoke on last time that I wanted to bring up that kind of now connects back to our styling yourself is then styling the house. You know, we've spoken about this with some fun, funky decorations, but something we here are all artists and lovers of art and something that I feel like truly transforms your space is art. I know I, I get the Kim K vibe of like the plain walls, but 
let's be real i want to have a fun life okay sorry <laughs> but i do i want to have a fun colorful life and believe me my house isn't just packed with color but i have pieces of art that i want to show so that is where the color comes into my home and we you know it can be a very expensive job to get a piece framed and matted and get the glass and everything so take it upon your cute crafty little self to learn about matting artwork yourself my mom taught us how to do it you can totally look it up on youtube and it's so nice and empowering to realize like okay i can make this happen for me i don't have to spend 400 dollars on this piece like you can thrift for a frame that is one place goodwill is great for random vintage antique stores even tj maxx i have got some good cool funky little frames and then you can buy your own mat at like michael's and hang up your stuff and make it feel so it feels perf uh maybe more elevated rather than i'm just tacking a poster up on the wall and don't forget to finish off with plants make your room come alive and you can get plants that are hard to kill like zz plants or sansevieria snake plants things like that and if you're like i am just not a plant mother at all get some good quality silk plants but do something to bring some life into there if you can get yourself fresh flowers, you are worth it. Go get those every week or two. And if not, go find yourself a knockout arrangement in the weed lot next door. Yeah. And oh, sorry, one last. Sorry, right? I was just going to say there are places that you can get something natural, very affordable, like my paper white bulb that I just got from Trader Joe's for like $3. It comes in its own little vase and it's going to be my little fl fresh flowers for as long as it lasts. Oh, I didn't know that was the vase that came in. I think that's a cute, funky little vase. Um, also a trick that I've learned that has helped my space so much is using mirrors as artwork. Like and for me personally, I don't really mean just the tiny little flimsy, like stick on mirrors. I seriously, you guys, for this whole episode, no hate to anyone. If you're even making the effort to decorate your space, that is cool. We applaud you. I love that. In my opinion, the little stick on mirrors might not necessarily look like an elevated look, but maybe it's still fun and cute, but I wanted something that feels a little more sturdy. So we were lucky to inherit some cool mirrors from our grandma and then mirrors are a very great and easy thing to find thrifting and it saves you so much money to buy those secondhand than to buy a fresh piece of glass but oh my gosh your room gets so much brighter and feels so much bigger and it also doesn't matter in fact i enjoy if a mirror is a little weathered, like some of my vintage mirrors are not the one that would be perfect to do your makeup in or to really look at your face like in the bathroom, I probably wouldn't use it. But for just pieces in the space, when it has like kind of more cool carved frame and then is a little bit of a like dappled mirror, I think is great. And I love those. 
Well, we have just been having a ball of a time. Thank you, Mom, so much for your time. We're not quite wrapping up yet, but before we get into our last little fun bit that Riley is going to bring up, is there any, do you have any other thoughts, anything else? Oh, sorry, I keep just thinking of things, but you spoke last time about, you know, a mud pot sale, that type of stuff for ceramics. Just any last thoughts that you want to share? I think just always be creative in your searching. Keep your eyes open. You know, some people love to garage sale and we'll go to garage sale after garage sale and we'll find some really great things, this cool used pot for that plant in your house. They might find a cool vase for that knockout arrangement of tumbleweeds, whatever it is, be open to repurposing or reusing. I have an antique ice bucket we got as a wedding present that is a great thing to showcase a bulb or plants in. Um, But I think the biggest thing is not to feel intimidated by budget. I think we've talked about this. You're only limited by your imagination. So whether you're buying a canvas paint tarp to cover an old couch, whether you found an old cowhide or piece of fur or even some old scarves to hang over something to give some color and silky texture. I think that's great. I think paint is a cheap way to do things. Thrifting for clothes is a great way. Pawn shops, as I said, are a great way to stay within a budget, but still get some nice quality pieces. And you kind of build your look over time with low consequences financially. So as you grow and as you kind of come into your own style that may also shift over time, you're doing things that are personal for you that make you feel happy in your space. Because like I said, for me, I want to sit back with that cup of tea and look around and my eye is resting on things that are meaningful to me that I love to see. And if I don't, I'm either going to put them in a closet where I don't have to see them or I'm getting rid of them if it's not serving a purpose anymore. But keep it simple, keep it personal to you and look all the places for inspiration. And there are so many. Very well said, mom. I appreciate all your style advice because it's always been a very guiding for me. And I think just helps people that maybe don't feel as empowered in their style that they can. And if that's not innate to you, there's so many sources for inspiration because I'm just now starting to get through with Brayden about how I'm like, it's not that you don't have any sense of style with how you dress. Perhaps, perhaps it's that we just don't even understand the possibilities that are out there and why this might be a better thing for you. Um, But we just have a quick little game set up that I mixed in a couple kind of clothing fashion trends for and um, home styling things that you will smash or pass mom smash meaning yes for me personally I'm about that pass as in no I probably would pass on that for myself like for Quinn, um, the like geometric stick locker mirrors are probably a pass. Will that be true? That's Quinn? right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but again, no, you guys, 
we don't come with any hate in our hearts. This is only for no. fun. And let's let her not rip. To yuck. Yeah, not to yuck anyone else's yums. You can do whatever you want. This is a mom's house. Okay, first question. <laughs> Tapers like candles. Smash. In a wide variety of colors or in the natural hues? Definitely for me in natural hues because they go with that calming Zen feeling I'm after and I'll put them in an interesting candle holder. And those also yep. can be thrifted galore. Go to any antique store of all time and find sterling silver candle holders, beautiful brass ones, and mix and match. Okay. Now for a clothing one, ballet flats. Been oh, very trendy recently. Oh, for me, that is a pass. And should I give a reason why? Should I give a reason why? If you want to, but Quinn and I were saying that we both have kind of been that way in the past, but have been dabbling with the idea of getting a pair because there are some cute stylings I see. Here's where I think it's a smash. Quinn and I saw some very cute silver ones that looked elevated and do not give me the payless vibe of a red vinyl ballet flat that is going to kill your bunions. So if you're going for a ballet flat, make it a cute quality ballet flat, but don't have that as your city tour walking shoe. Yeah. Okay. In home decor, gold accents and gold fixtures. For me, that is generally a pass. I know it's very trendy right now, but since the time of Marie Antoinette, it's been mostly out of fashion. And I think that probably chrome stainless are going to be more timeless. But if you're a person that says uh, it's okay, I'm going to go with the trend and then I'll change it back when I need to, you go for it. Yet another thing that can be found thrifting are fixtures. I found like a whole bunch of little knob for your drawers last place I was. Um, you kind of already brushed on this fake plants, like a fake fiddle leaf fig. Yeah, it is a hard pass if it's plastic and looks cheap and you can see the rough edges on the plastic mold. I think there are some that are so well done now that it's almost hard to tell unless you really are up and sniffing that plant. The big thing about that is if you're going to go with that, please people dust your fake plants. You cannot allow dust to build up on your fake plants. I also need to dust my regular plants or their Absolutely. poor little leaves get all dusty. Absolutely. Otherwise they want to die. That's how they breathe. <laughs> Aww. Well, so we need to take care of them. <laughs> That's true. It's not like they have a mouth. <laughs> Aww. Um, okay. Next question is rattan furniture. So if you think of rattan in the classic sense of the word, it brings up colonials in India to me and doesn't always work. However, it can definitely be a smash when it's something that is interesting, like 
Quinn has some rattan with green leather seats and silver lion heads where your palm would sit. That is a total smash. But I think in general, you have to have that go with your vibe. If you're trying to put rattan in a mountain home, you better make sure you've got the right upholstery for it and not your tropical, this should be on your lanai and Hawaii vibe. That being said, I also, it is a pass for me, the lodgepole pine mountain homes where it's like, okay, all of your furniture doesn't have to look like you're in the lodge getting fries and warming up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so colonialist in India is not mom's style and spo, you guys. (laughs) Next next is... um, Another clothing thing that I don't actually know if you've tried, but I've been interested in is renting a bag or renting clothing. I have not tried it. I think it's a a great smash. Um, My nephew's wife, I know, has done this with great success. They live in a place where they do a lot of events because of their profession. So she will rent clothes and look like a million bucks and i think for that um type of social lifestyle that works well for me mm, unless i'm invited to an inaugural ball it's probably not useful to me but i think it's a great idea for sure yeah i could see when i'm more of a working girl renting some purses because i would there are a few designer purses that i've before not been like needing to actually purchase to have in my wardrobe but like i would like to wear and style that a few times um how about shag carpet mom that is a hard 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 pass Mm -mm 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 -mm. you don't know what is living down there in that shag Think Horton hears a thing. <laughs> Get rid of that. That's best case scenario. <laughs> That's why two have shag carpet. No, I grew up in the 70s and shag, it was my job to vacuum and then rake up the shag carpet so it would all stand on end. And then, of course, my annoying brothers would make footprints through the avocado green shag. No, shag is no thank you. <laughs> I can understand why that might be emotionally loaded for you. Um, (laughs) Lastly is related, but I think you'll feel differently, area rugs. Area rugs, I think, are great. I would love never to have wall-to-wall carpet and just have a beautiful surface, whether you're a terracotta tile type of person or a hardwood, or even a lot of the manufactured wood floors now are beautiful, but to warm them up and to define areas in a room, hey, area rug. Um, I think they are a great use of, you know, your kind of decorating budget and they feel good under your feet. Just make sure you can clean those things. Like those ones that look like a giant, you know, Mongolian sheep with six inch fur, that seems like a hard thing to vacuum that regularly. So be able to clean whatever you choose. Yay, fun game, you guys. Good job. 
We thank our participants. <laughs> it was so yeah, fun. Thank you for be being our first show. guest, Mom. I thank love you it. for joining what an us. Honor. Yes, thank you. We've had so much fun. Who knows? Maybe we'll bring you back one day. So Ooh, keep, I love it. So proud of my girls. Keep up the good behavior, Mom, because, you know, we can always retract an offer. <laughs> Yeah, I hope we'll have to see if we get some harsh ratings, Mom, and the people have spoken. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everyone's going to have you on here. Which, oh, I forgot to bring up, because I don't know if you saw this, Gwen. It was just this last week's Spotify Wrapped Week, and um, it's small numbers because we're a small show, but I still thought it was so fun that we were on 29 people's like top podcasts this Woo, year and we just started no in october way. i was like wow you guys that's so sweet thank you for listening it's just been so fun and we obviously just record whatever fun feeling episode we're in the mood of for the day and having our first guest i'm just glad that we're getting to try things out and just have a blast doing it so that's cool thank you yeah Yay. Thank you guys for sending those along. Some of you sent us screenshots and stuff, and that is really sweet and feels also just motivating to keep doing this thing that we love so much. But we can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Let us know what you thought of the episode in our Instagram post. We can't wait to talk to you next week. Have a good start to your December. We're sending you all sorts of cozy, warm holiday love, and we'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. Talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Love you. I'm saying I love you to mom. I love you, darlings. Love you, Rye. Bodge <laughs> loves you guys too. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye.